almost three decades after Zimbabwe undertook a controversial land reform exercise that saw many white farmers forcibly removed from the farms they occupied. Debate has been raging over why President Robert Mugabe's government embarked on what has been described as a haphazard and chaotic exercise. The debate was reignited at a recent town hall hosted by Voice of America's Zimbabwe service titled Zimbabwe at 36, The Way Forward. Staff Director Gregory P. Simpkins of the U.S. House Subcommittee on Africa, Global Health and Human Rights clashed with his Zimbabwean co-panelists, Baptist Minister and Educator Reverend Isaac Mwase and businesswoman Swongles Dilesbanda on the genesis of the reform and beneficiaries. Simkins declared Zimbabwe's land reform exercise as mired in controversy since the country's independence from British rule and beneficial to mostly loyalists of President Robert Mugabe's ruling ZANU-PF party. He further claimed that white commercial farmers were forced over the years to pay for the land by some suspected ZANU-PF supporters as they knew that they got it through unconstitutional means. The whites in Zimbabwe, the white farmers, admitted that the way they got the land originally was unfair. They knew that. But they had an agreement with ZANU where they would be criticized by the Mugabe government, but they would give him money. And that worked for a long time until at a certain point, President Mugabe felt he had to give the land away to the so-called war veterans, although some of them were much too young to have ever been in the war. Britain provided millions of dollars under the so-called willing buyer, willing seller land ownership scheme for the resettlement of thousands of people soon after independence, but reportedly ended the payments with the incoming administration of Tony Blair, who demanded accountability for the money dispersed. You may criticize the British for not coming across with the money for land reform, but the British would make the point that they stopped because it wasn't going to black farmers, it was going to cronies of the government. The United States reportedly pledged to pay $75 million every year towards the land reform program in the first 10 years of Zimbabwe's independence, but that was not done. President Mugabe defied Britain's call for accountability, saying Zimbabwe was not obliged to do so. It was soon after that the ruling ZANU-PF party decided to forcibly take over white-owned commercial farms in 2000, claiming that Britain had reneged on paying for Zimbabwe's land reform program. But Simkins said this land reform program did not benefit millions of Zimbabweans, including farm workers. They did not give it, I should point out, to the black farm workers. They gave it to people who used the land as collateral. However, Reverend Moise disputed this fact, stating that some families have benefited immensely from the land reform program. If you go into, into families, you are going to find that some have done well, and many are doing really well. I have a relative, he did acquire land, and if you look at the wealth that that family has now accumulated, it would not have been possible if land which had been taken illegally from the local population had not been addressed. Yes, we can blame a lot of policies that the government has adopted and the failures, but let's not lose sight of the successes that are there in the background. He noted that the agrarian reforms were designed to address the lopsided land distribution pattern in Zimbabwe. The land question needed to be addressed. Doing a postmortem on why things went awry is going to be very difficult because what was happening in Zimbabwe was against the backdrop of a global economy where things 
were just getting hot. His views were echoed by Sitile Sibanda, but she noted that the land is not being fully utilized by some new black farmers. The, the land reform thing was a good idea. It was a brilliant idea. But what did we do with the land once we acquired it? Machinery was sitting there and rotting because the people who took over the land were not doing anything with the land because it was the cronies of the government. It was the government officials who took over the land and did not produce. Opi Epuna, a correspondent of the state-controlled Herald newspaper, argued that the land reform program was being impeded by sanctions. He asked Simkins why the U.S. recently imposed restrictive sanctions on some agrochemical industries. Last month, the Office of Foreign Assets Control, the Treasury Department, decided to sanction Chemplex Corporation and the Zimbabwe Fertilizing Corporation. Could you explain, in your opinion, the impact that's going to have on the agriculture sector? In his response, Simpkins noted that the sanctions at times have an unintended negative impact. Yes, uh, there are other companies in addition to those that would affect the economy negatively. That's what, that's what happens when you have sanctions. The sanctions weren't put on willy-nilly. They were put on because those companies are in league with officials who have violated human rights. That's why they were sanctioned. Does it hurt? Of course it does. And as I said, there are some unintended consequences associated with Zadera that we need to look at and we need to remove. America and its allies imposed targeted sanctions on President Robert Mkabe and his inner circle over alleged human rights violations and election rigging. But Mr. Mugabe says the sanctions were imposed after Harare embarked on the land reform exercise. The president has blamed the sanctions for the country's current poor state of the economy. Reporting for Studio 7 in Washington, D.C., I am Kip Stube.